1: If you don't know SiriusXM, then listen up. Commercial-free music plus sports, comedy, talk, and news. They have it all. A lot of people think you need a car to enjoy Sirius XM, but you don't. You can listen outside the car. Right now, you can get your first three months of Sirius XM outside the car for free. Just go to SiriusXM.com busted to see offer details and to subscribe. You can listen on your phone at home and online. That's SiriusXM.com busted. Offer available to new Sirius XM streaming subscribers. Sirius XM. No car required. This is the Busted Open Podcast. You can listen to the full show Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156.
0: Welcome to the Busted Open Podcast. This is Dave LaGreca. On today's episode, WWE Hall of Famer, the greatest tag team wrestler of all time, Bully Ray, and I talk all about Fighter Fest night number one and The Great American Bash Night, number one. That's right, AEW and NXT going head-to-head. We break it down like we always do on a Thursday morning, but here's the difference. Two huge shows. Again, The Great American Bash and Fighter Fest going head-to-head. We break it down match-by-match, what worked, what didn't. We do all of that right now on the Busted Open Podcast. To quote Le
2: Champion, Dave LaGreca, you're a dummy. Wow, that's not right. I know, right? Why'd they say that about you? Uh, You You got buried hard last night on AEW.
0: No, I think you're wrong. I think you saw who is a Hall of Fame commentator and who is not. Jim Ross, a Hall of Fame commentator, was praising Busted Open, praising me, praising our show, praising the interview we did with Private Party. Chris Jericho, you know, the ultimate heel, and Tony Schiavone, who is not quite Jim Ross, obviously went a different direction. But, you know, the, you know cream rises to the top, as they say, Bully. You know what? I, I don't think I, I did that
2: audio justice. All I did was quote Les Champion, Chris Jericho. I'd like to hear from Les Champion, Chris Jericho. Chris, are you out there? Because I'd love to hear from you. to
0: the You need an invitation. At a combined weight of 24 ounces of vodka cranberry,
2: Isaiah Cassidy, Mark Quinn, private party. These guys are talking up AEW today on uh, the outstanding Busted Open radio show.
0: a Great job. Dave LaGreco, what a dummy. Well, I can't argue with that, but also t- <laughs> <laughs> t- I also wanted to. I. All right, I, I was listening, you know, obviously, because as I said, bully on this show is going to watch AEW live and then watch NXT uh, right after AEW and I heard that I was like wait what <laughs> I had to rewind that I was like I that was that was crazy but always good hearing from good old JR Jim Ross Hall of Famer the greatest voice in the history of pro wrestling and you know what JR not only being a Hall of Famer but man Having to carry that commentator booth each and every Wednesday, that poor guy's shoulders and back must be hurting after AEW Dynamite each and every Wednesday. Feel bad for JR. He deserves better. I can't believe you're coming on the air
2: this morning and you're burying Jericho and Shivani like this. Did you not listen to what they just (laughs) said about me, Bully? Yeah. Yeah. Don't you get it? They put you over on national television. Yeah. They're talking about Dave LaGreca, and if I know you, Dave, okay? Because I know how you're like a child at times. <laughs> you're probably, you are like a complete little kid. Like, when LaGreca heads pop up in arenas, I know it moves a little for you. Because yes. it's, everything starts to go to your head. You're like, oh my God, look, my LaGreca head's on NXT. My LaGreca head is on AEW. My LaGreca head's on Raw or SmackDown. Last night, I guarantee you, when you heard Jericho mention your name, and then you heard Shivani acknowledge your name, you probably popped up off of your couch or your Archie bunker chair and looked at Violetta, (laughs) and you were like, they they, they just said my name. They just said my name. Uh, I don't care. Sit back down. It doesn't matter.
0: (laughs) I mean, you are right. The blood rushed. You know, the blood uh, did rush to my head, but not the one on my shoulders. And <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you're, also, you're also right about the fact that it grabbed my attention, but I'm not all giddy like that. But uh, it's good to be acknowledged. And as I said, Jim Ross, the greatest voice in the history of pro wrestling jr uh
2: like last night that that announced team extremely entertaining oh and my there's God, a reason, yes. there's a reason why they put jericho there you know you you you're, you want to watch the action in the ring as much as you want to listen to the commentary the stuff that I love about commentary on aew is it's kind of like watching the movie airplane you got to pay attention to what's going on in the background those guys throw little digs yeah. and, li- and they mention little off-color things so much that if you're not listening, you're going to miss it. And by the time you get it, they're on to the next thing. And that's what I enjoy, that, that quick, quick-wittedness.
0: Well, Ima Jericho mentioned me. He mentioned uh, the group Anvil, and I popped when he talked about Morgan Freeman on Zoom, and I tweeted out that it was Electric Company, not Zoom, that Morgan Freeman was on. But like, he does that. Jericho does that in his books. If you ever have read any of his authored books, like he does those little things that if you're not paying attention, it goes right over your head. He does that on commentary. He does that so well. Um, yes. The three of them together are magic, and I think we know the direction Chris Jericho is going to go in once his wrestling career is over, because he is going to be a commentator wherever he decides to go, whether it's AEW or another company, when his wrestling career is over, and I hope he is, because he is like Bobby the Brain Heenan level, Jesse Ventura level. You know, when it comes to commentary, I believe. Uh,
2: he does a good job. I'm not going to blow as much smoke up his ass as uh, you have, because it'll come back and bite me in the ass. Um, so enough with putting everybody over. Uh, what did you think of both shows Like uh, both shows last night? Which one did you like better? I
0: absolutely loved both shows. Uh, Bully, I made the mistake the last few weeks, and I mentioned it to you on the air. How I would jump back and forth from NXT and AEW. Not the way to watch these shows. I'm sorry. You have to watch. These shows are so good. You have to watch one show and then after watch the other show. You can't jump around because you do miss things. This isn't Monday Night Raw where there's a lot of dead periods. On these shows, they really have balls to the wall action. Um, I mentioned also that because of the the name of the NXT show that I was going to watch AEW live and then watch NXT, which I did. But to answer your question, I think overall, I preferred AEW over NXT by a smidge. But uh, when it comes to NXT, my favorite match of the night was on NXT, and I preferred the main event on NXT over AEW. But from beginning to end, I preferred AEW over NXT. Do you know why you uh, liked AEW a smidge better, as you said? Um, Can you put your finger on it? Yes, there's two things. One... Uh, I loved every match. I really d- did enjoy every match on AEW, which I, I don't know if I can say that about NXT. And then even though NXT, uh, NXT did a good job with the presentation of the Great American Bash and the, the way they decorated that room, it's still that room. And there's something about that room where there is no environment. Whether there's, whether there's wrestlers or there's nobody, there is no aura to that room at all. Not the case with AEW. Sometimes when you're watching AEW, Bully, it does feel like there's an arena full of people. I don't know if it's because it's the open air. I don't know where they've situated the fans that are there. There is an environment to an AEW show that is not the same with NXT.
2: Uh, The environment last night for AEW was definitely better than the environment for NXT. NXT was good, but AEW was great as far as environment, that outdoor feel, Uh, the palm trees, the girls in the bikinis, the boys at ringside, the guys, the gals, they were loud, they were boisterous. They're allowed to go out there and basically do whatever they want to do. Go out there, be a crowd, go be a fan, have fun, and do whatever to make the show as lively as possible. And that's what you're getting from AEW. NXT, they got a lot, they got some extras around, and they're kind of told where to stand and told when to react. It was a good atmosphere at NXT. It was good. AEW, to me, was a great atmosphere. And I agree with you. The... The the stuff that I saw last night on AEW, lots of good stuff, including the sleeper match of the night for me, which was Penelope Ford and um, uh, Hikaru Shida. I thought that match was very good. It might not have been the most technical sound match, but what what it might not have uh, had in you know technical wrestling ability, it it wasn't Thatcher versus uh, you know Oni Lorkin. But man, there was a lot of energy. Penelope Ford really stepped up her game last night. Penelope Ford... To, to me, Penelope Ford, she reminded me of Liv Morgan. Like, I'm, I'm looking at those two in the same way. Obviously, they have kind of have the same look and the same stature. They got a great presentation uh, of their characters. But in the ring, Penelope took steps forward last night the way I would have loved to have seen Liv Morgan take steps forward. Penelope, I, I, I definitely, when I was done with that match, I'm like, wow, Penelope got better. Yeah, I mean, I that, if it was, that was the match that shocked. Yep. I don't know if it was me. from last week to this week. I can tell Penelope got better. Now, when I say got better, I'm not telling you that she's Bret Hart. So don't, let's not get crazy people. But I'm telling you she got better. She had a good match with Sheeta. Did they kick out of a little too many things? Yeah, but okay, whatever. So what? I'm not going to be as critical because it was entertaining. So that was the sleeper match for me. Um but yeah, yeah. presentation-wise, I thought both companies did a good job. I think both companies put on a good product last night. I do agree with you. My favorite match of the night was Sasha and EO. Actually, it's a tie. Because something happened last night that I never thought I was going to like as much as I liked it. And that was Thatcher and Lorkin.
0: That to me that was the match of the night I, I uh, like I said, like I said, aew to me from beginning to end was a better show by a smidge but when you look at the main event and we'll get into it I'm sure during the course of the show today, bully, I preferred the NXT main event over the aew event, which kind of surprised me because it was a non title match which you know was kind of odd for me to be have a non title match as your main event of a special show. Uh, but the Oney Lark and Timothy Thatcher match to me was the match of the night. And, and on paper, that wasn't a match that I was really looking at as something that we may even be, be talking about on today's show with every other match that was taking place. But the physicality of that match, just, uh, and and you know, you you always talk about when it comes to pro wrestling in 2020, like old school, like the, what you say for your school, old school rules you know, new school tools, that really showed in that match last night. Like, to me, that's, I would love for the future of pro wrestling to be a lot of what we saw in that match last night on NXT. A
2: couple of weeks ago when we had that, uh, what was it, the pit cage or the cage of fire, a cage of yeah. doom, whatever, with 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 Riddle and, uh, and Thatcher, I really enjoyed that. I did, and when it comes to that MMA, wrestling, work, shoot kind of style, I'm not really into it too much because to me, there's not enough entertainment involved. There's not, there's not enough pomp and circumstance. But, man, I came away from Riddle and Thatcher going, that was awesome. That yeah. was hard-hitting. The work within the fight got me involved you could tell that those guys were laying their stuff in they were snug but it was good snug i don't think anybody got banged up too bad. i think somebody lost a tooth but ah whatever it's not ballet so but i came away saying wow i want more of riddle and thatcher i'd watch that again hell i'd pay for it and i would never pay for a match like that that's just my own personal taste and now last night i'm watching uh thatcher and lorkin and i'm like man, this is really good. This is what it was meant to be back in the day, a spirited contest, a fight, aggression. Everything looks tight and snug. Everything means something. Dave, they blew me away with something that they did last night that nobody else does. They made something so small and normally thrown away in wrestling matches and they made it mean something did you pick up on it by any chance
0: what was that was it the final submission in the match with the arm what was it nope it wasn't like it wasn't
2: a move it was something so small that normally we take for granted in wrestling matches and we don't even care about anymore because they really don't mean anything the chops when they were chopping each other They weren't chopping each other just to make a sound or to go woo or for one guy to chop somebody and then just wait five minutes to chop them again. It was like they would chop each other to open each other up to go for a move. They would chop each other and then try to grab a hold. They would chop each other and then try to get into something. The chop was meant to beat the other guy down so they could actually get a submission or a hold on somebody. You're not going to win a match with a chop, right? No. But if I chop you good enough and it stings you while you're selling it and you lift your arms up, I might be able to leg dive you, or I might be able to cravat you, or I might be able to get you in a hammer lock. They used something so basic as a chop to make psychological sense of their offense I loved that. Formula One Racing on Sirius XM. Precision, performance, and speed. The F1 Series opens Sunday. It's the Austrian Grand Prix. Pre-race coverage starts at 8 a.m. Eastern. Then go live to the track at 9 Eastern for turn-by-turn racing action. Followed by a complete post-race recap. Hear it on Dan Patrick Radio Channel 211 or at home with Amazon Alexa, Google Assistant, or however you stream in the house.
0: Let's get into Cody and Jake Hager. Um, I thought that that was going to be the main event. I actually mentioned it to Cody when we had him on. If you missed it, go to SiriusXM app and listen to it on demand. Also, watch our videos as well of me banning Cody Rhodes after he spoiled my birthday party that I was going to have for him. But were you, A, surprised, Bully, that it wasn't the main event? on Fighter Fest last night?
2: Uh, It probably would have been the obvious main event. And I think keeping it away from the end of the show does it good because you know that it's going to go to a 20-minute time limit at the very least. Because you don't know how much TV time is going to be remaining, so I like it better in the middle of the show. Because when you put the TV championship up at the end of the show, you're kind of looking at the clock. Well, how much TV time do they have remaining? In the middle of the show, at the very least, you know you're getting a 20-minute match, right? Yeah. But if there's a what what if what if the TV championship goes into the ring with only five minutes remaining in the show? Because yeah, the you, stipulation is 20 minutes or TV time remaining. Yes. So it's better to have that match in the middle. Also, I believe they use it as their crossover, right?
0: Yeah, so it was like right in the middle of the show. Yep. Correct.
2: So The crossover segment is a very important segment because that's the the segment that goes from like 8.57 to 9.03. Normally, shows are going off the air at a certain time and coming on the air at a certain time. You want to be going over the hour with action in the ring. And so that's their crossover. So the crossover is a very, very important segment. I'd actually be interested to know what NXT had in the ring during their crossover. Because if you're flipping around, flipping around, what are you going to stay on? Um, I thought Hager and and, and and Cody did a good job. Uh, I know you're going to want to get into the finish. I know you're going to want to get into what probably you perceive as heel tactics from the Cody camp. Mm Hmm. And I'd like to hear what the nation has to say about it.
0: Yeah, and we'll get to the nation in just a second. But I thought I thought a very good match between the two. But you know, you're right. It is about the ending, and the ending was a bit crazy because, you know, you had uh, you know Jake Hager had the ankle lock on Cody. Cody escaped, and then Arn got involved distracting the referee and then Dustin Rhodes comes out and, and then you have you know Hager having the uh, the choke on on Cody and then it looks like Cody's passing out but was able to put him in a pinning situation where he got the three count like a lot of craziness happening in the last like 30 seconds of that match and Arn Anderson kind of was a distraction even earlier on like you saw him outside the ring where Jake Hager was going to you know take Cody's head to that outside post Arn Anderson stood in front of the post distracted Hager enough where Cody reversed it and then able was able to get Hager into the post so it was very weird how Arn Anderson got involved how Dustin Rhodes got involved, and then Hager just being so pissed off at the officiating, he knocked out the referee. A lot going on in that final 30 seconds, Bully.
2: Uh, it seems like the Cody camp could be putting their toe in the water with uh, heel tactics, although they might just be saying, This is on being on. Arn is known known for manipulation and how to take guys' attention away. He's a crafty veteran, so they're just doing what they do. Uh, you can compare it to to Bill Belichick and Tom Brady, right? Yeah, that was convincing.
0: Yeah, well, you know, I mean. In the past, because as we know, it's not going to be Bill Belichick and Cam Newton moving. Forward. You get my
2: point. I how Belichick do, sir. and Brady were always working hand in hand to get an upper hand. Whether it was Spygate, DeflateGate, mm-hmm. his ass gate, whatever, they were always doing something. Yeah, if so, you're
0: not cheating, you're not trying. There you go. So
2: you, that's a, that's what we're doing. Uh, Cody did not reverse uh, Hager's move. Hager hit his move and held on to it. And in holding on to it, he was trying to choke Cody out, not really realizing that Cody was on top of him. And, Cody
0: didn't and, reverse anything. That's true. And and also, it looked to me, and, and maybe, again, maybe uh, my perception was wrong, it looked like Hager's shoulder was up at the one count. In that pinning predicament as well. Again, that's that was my perception. I don't know if you caught on it or the fans. It, it looked to me like his shoulder was up, so it looked to me. But but again, like you know, Dustin Rhodes getting involved and Arn Anderson getting involved. Like you know, we're used to bullying when we were growing up. Like and we saw it like with the Freebirds and the Von Eriks, You know, when Kerry Von Erich had that match with Ric Flair, where Michael Hayes tried to you know help out. Carry Von Erich to win that NWA title. What happened? Hey, Ke- hey, man, I'm I I'm, I I can't win that way. This is this. You, know, you I don't need your help to win the title. This is I don't need your help. I can do this on my own. Cody has no problem taking advantage of those situations that are thrown his way. Did it make it entertaining for you? Yes, it did. Well, that
2: right now, that's really all that matters. Now. Hager put his hands on a referee, are we going to see Hager fined, suspended, fired, yeah, 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 are we going to see them, You, if the shoulder was up, listen, when people's shoulders are up in a, during a finish, a la Hager last night, if it did happen, a la Ronda Rousey's at Wrestlemania, These are mistakes. Obviously, Ronda's shoulder being up at WrestleMania was a mistake. Because if that was planned, they would have already taken advantage of it and not waited for Becky Becky to get pregnant, have a child, and then go back to that story. But they could go back to that story now because of the mistake. We can always turn the mistake... Into a positive through storytelling because we control everything that we do in yeah. wrestling. So Hager has a legit gripe. If they want to fine or suspend him or say you did something wrong, well, you know what? My shoulder was up at one. If it in- indeed was, you can always take that
0: negative and turn it into a positive through creative storytelling. And, and listen, uh, Hager has a lot to bitch about. I mean, he has. You can, he could bitch about Arn. He could bitch about Dustin. He could bitch about you know the officiating. Like there is a lot there. Because if you look at it, he got screwed. No matter no, no matter what happened, Jake Hager got screwed in that matchup last night. Let's compare apples to apples. Why did Oscar come out last
2: night um, to help EO? because
0: of the constant uh, interference by Bailey.
2: So Oscar was righting the wrong, correct? Yes. What writing of the wrong were Arn
0: and Dustin doing? Well, I mean, there was the one slap in the face from Hager's wife. Onto you know, there was a slap in the face, but I mean, but I don't know if that really, uh, if there was a slap in the face from Hager's wife, who should
2: have showed up? Brandy, Gabby, did you see the show last night? Gabby, do you talk, Gabby? Gabby, I don't think Gabby. Gabby's listening. Gabby. But- Gabby, Gabby,
0: Gabby, 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 Gabby she's not Gosh. listening but she's not listening but I will say what Gabby said during the break and, 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 and it really it really peaked. it really piqued our interest is that Gabby said hey you know what the one thing that was like, where was Brandy? Like, if, the, if 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 a woman just slapped my husband in the face, like Gabby said last week with the glass of water during the press conference, where was the retaliation from Brandy? And I didn't think about it at, at the time, Bully, until Gabby mentioned it before the show. Like, if, if there was a slap in the face, where was Brandy? Because then that makes sense. If Brandy came out and then slapped Jake Hager in the face, all right, that's a tit for tat. All right, now I get it. But a slap in the face from Jake Hager's wife onto Cody Rhodes does not mean now that Arn Anderson and Dustin Rhodes now have the right to interfere in a title match. I got to tell you, man, if after the slap, Brandy
2: comes out, spears Hager's wife on the floor, those two women start beating the crap out of each other. Now Cody and a- a- and Hager have to stop their match to split their wives up. Both of the legal guys are on the floor. The referee is counting. They got to split their wives up and get their wives out of harm's way before the referee does the double countout. And just as they separate them in 19, both guys dive back in and they go right back to their match. That's kind of entertaining, man. Yeah, that it really had, is. That would have
0: really would have piqued my interest. And you know what, like instead of that punch from Dustin, imagine like, you know, Brandy's getting dragged away and then, you know, with, with her shoe or whatever, just en- just enough of a physical contact that could make what we just saw at the end of that match, which is very, very possible. It would look better coming from Brandy than it did from Dustin Rhodes. Now I know that Brandy doesn't have the right hook like a Dustin Rhodes has, but you know what I'm saying, all it takes sometimes is that little bit of a distraction that can completely throw off a match.
2: And they had already planted a seed the week before with Hager's wife throwing the water on Cody. Now Hager's wife smacks Cody. The the, the table was set for Brandy to come out and do something. It would have made perfect sense for Brandy to come out, and it would have been very exciting. But... Whatever.
0: But you know what? We got what we got. Cody, again, retains his championship, though, you know, not retaining the championship the way that you thought he would retain the championship. It keeps the story going because Jake Hager definitely has a gripe, but now the whole story is going to be and I'm wondering if we're going to get word is he going to be suspended? You know, is there going to be a fine levied on Jake Hager? Because he did knock out a referee. I mean, you know, it can't just be a little slap on the wrist, even though he had the gripe you still can't knock out a referee. I mean, so I'm wondering what ramifications we're going to see with Jake Hager moving forward. All right, let's go back out to the busted open nation, Bully. Let's go out to Jeff in South Dakota. Jeff, what did you want to say about AEW and NXT last night?
2: Well, first of all, I got to say, I apparently couldn't go into retirement for more than a year because I miss you guys too much. Uh, Thanks, Jeff. Second of all, Second of all, I I still like AEW better than NXT because I think it's more a well-rounded, realistic, scripted wrestling show. I like the little points. Like, you know, you see the mentioning of the, the referees. You see the professional commentary playing off each other. Well, I find NXT's commentation good, but not to the same level. I think the talent level, as far as veterans helping newer people at NXT, may be better with Sasha coming down. But I like the character development better with NXT. I mean, AEW's.
0: Yeah, and, and listen, and Jeff, thanks for the phone call, and thanks for coming out of early retirement to, to call into the show. Um, you know what? I agree with him. First of all, like, I love Nigel McGinnis as part of the commentating crew on NXT. I think Nigel, though, you know, being away has really helped Beth Phoenix a lot. Beth Phoenix didn't talk as much as she should before when it was a three-man booth. It's going to be hard for them to return to a three-man booth, bully, because Beth Phoenix is so damn good on NXT as a matter of fact you know to me Beth Phoenix is a reason that I want to hear that commentating team you know more this is no disrespect to Morrow Beth Phoenix really shines I mean she's the best commentator hands down in the WWE right now that being said it's a it's on a different level with AEW because it's entertaining it's fun you always say you know pro wrestling should be fun and You know, NXT is giving us a better in-ring performance, in-ring wrestling, but I think that AEW is just more fun. It was more fun when there was 10,000 people, and even during this pandemic, when there was no paid fans in attendance, AEW found a way to still be more fun, Bully. Listen, if you're a
2: diehard AEW fan, obviously it's going to be more fun. And even if you're a... um a middle-of-the-road wrestling fan that makes their decision on a week-to-week basis as to what they're going to watch. If you put the two shows on side-by-side and you turn the volume up, you tell me which one sounds more fun. You know, some uh, one or two people got in touch with me on social media and they're like, Ah, oh, you're full of shit. You don't listen to the shows. Yeah, I do. I listen. I don't watch sometimes. I listen because I want to know which one sounds better. I want to know which one grabs my ears other than my eyes. You know, I tell a lot of young wrestlers in this industry, we cater to a lot of different senses, and the ears are an extremely important sense. I can create an atmosphere of excitement, even though there's nothing really going on in a ring. The moment before you say, Devon, get the tables or the moment before the what's up, you can create this energy in a room, but there's nothing happening at that given moment. That's what AEW is able to do. They're creating an energy in a room.
0: Live golf on the PGA Tour rolls on this week at the Rocket Mortgage
2: Classic. Nate Lashley is the Rocket Mortgage Classic winner.
0: Get ready for the action on SiriusXM PGA Tour Radio with analysis from the likes of David Marr, Pat Perez, and Brad Faxon. Try to take the situation and put that out of your mind. Live coverage of the Rocket Mortgage Classic starts Thursday at noon Eastern. SiriusXM PGA Tour Radio, Sirius 208 XM 92. Or search PGA Tour Radio on your SiriusXM app. Now, Bully, you've been talking about this for weeks, about the Taz and Brian Cage... Uh, vignettes and promos that we've been seeing over the last few weeks with John Moxley, sometimes even there physically and just to the camera, as we got closer and closer to this championship match that we're now going to see in two weeks. And I got to be honest with you, Bully. You would say, and at first, I was kind of like, "Well, I, yeah, but but Taz is so damn good. Like, I'm like, all right, Bully's saying this. He's he's talking about Cage kind of taking too much of a backseat, and that Taz is stealing the scene week in and week out. But man, Taz is so good. And I, and I see Brian Cage there. He's there. He's a big physical presence. And Cage is adding stuff to the end of the promo. So I was like, you know what? I, I, I don't know if I totally agree with Bully. And I kind of felt that way all the way up, Bully, until last night. And I texted you because to me, it was like, it was like you put me through a table. It was like a punch to the face. Like I woke up. And here's why because all the things that you've been preaching. I saw the light when I was watching them last night in that promo. Why is that? Well, because Taz is amazing on the microphone. Nobody's taking away a skill that Taz has. Man, he is phenomenal. I thought he was phenomenal with his podcast. I thought he was phenomenal on commentary. He does a great job on AEW Dark. And man, if you give him a promo and ask him to cut one, he can do it like nobody else. And I, he was talking about Brian Cage. And Brian Cage was there. It just seemed like Brian Cage was a football field away. Now, in essence, he was just a few feet back away from Taz. But man, Taz's presence and the way Taz talked to the camera, Taz to me took up 90% of that screen and Brian Cage took up 10 Uh, I'll I'll take it a step further. Brian Cage probably towers over Taz. He's probably, and I'm talking in height and physical presence, but watching that TV, it didn't feel that way. It felt like Taz towers over Brian Cage, not just in height, but physical presence like I would have thought that it was Taz that was challenging John Moxley for that AEW championship. I'll take it a step further. I want to see Taz against John Moxley for that AEW championship. The best way I could describe it bully is that Taz looked tall and Brian Cage looked small last night. Should you ever be thinking that when it no.
2: comes to a manager and a talent? No. What manager have you ever seen go out of their way to outshine the talent
0: they represent? Never. And there have been plenty of managers that did all the talking for their wrestler. Like, we've seen it many, many times, right? I mean, you know, you could, all right, I'll even make the comparison of Taz and Brian Cage to Paul Ellering and the Road Warriors. The weeks leading up to last night, Paul Ellering in a a Road Warriors promo, and you can go to YouTube to watch this, Paul Ellering would do 95% of the talking and then Hawk and Animal would add a little something right at the end of the promo and they would be out. With the, with the promos leading up to last night, Taz would do 90% of the talking, and then Brian Cage would do his 10% at the end of the promo. Brian Cage did not talk at all last night. As a matter of fact, the way Brian Cage dressed last night he didn't even look like that huge physical presence. When, when Paul Ellering would be talking, what would Hawk and Animal be doing? They'd be flexing. They would, you know, Hawk would have that uh, leather piece around his neck that he would pop off. It was kind of hard for you to keep your attention to Paul Ellering because, holy shit, look at the road warriors. Last night, Brian Cage did not look like a physical presence. I'm being honest. He looked small compared to Taz last night.
2: Taz is not doing Brian Cage any favors in the perception department. None. I completely agree with you, and I can talk for the rest of this show on how great Taz is on the microphone. One of the best. And Taz is so good that you can just throw him a live mic and say, go, go. He'll just get something over. The problem is he's getting himself over. He's not the one that should be getting over. This should be all about Brian Cage. And what I saw from week one, and remember, this was my concern with Jake Roberts and Lance Archer. And so it's not me picking on Taja or Cage. I've seen this with other talents in AEW, but it's so glaring with Taz and Cage. Last night, I've been saying that Taz has been the star and Cage has been the co-star. Last night, Cage wasn't even a co-star. Last night, the perception was also appearing Brian Cage in small letters. What color pants was Cage wearing last night? Orange. What color was his shirt? Black. Black. Whose colors are orange and black? Taz. When Cage comes to the ring, what's the big uh, logo that you see on the screen? What's his new logo say? I don't even remember. I don't even remember.
0: Path of Cage. What was Taz's slogan? Yeah, no, you're right. I mean, everything what was Taz's is on Taz. Path of, Taz. It's, path of is, Rage. Yeah, Path of Rage. Everything is on Taz, bully. Everything points to Taz. What does Taz say about Brian
2: Cage? Beat him if you can, survive if he lets you. Whose yes. tagline was that? Taz. When Brian Cage hits a suplex, who do they immediately refer to? Taz. Taz. <laughs> Am I doing a good job as a lawyer making a case for my point as Taz is taking commanding entirely too much of this spotlight?
0: Yeah, because I mean, I, but here it can but here's the thing. First of all, you're right about the colors and the tagline. There it is. That's, that's all, Taz calling me right now. That's all just, that's all I know he's, he's pissed. But that's all well and good. And I'm I'm not even going to blame I'm not even going to blame Taz on this. Brian Cage has got to step up here. No, he has you're, wrong. To.
2: you're wrong. You're wrong. I know where you're going. You're wrong. He's not. He's going, to, he's going to, he's going to wait patiently in the veteran's shadow because Cage probably thinks that they're doing right by him. It's not. And I'm going to give you the perfect example: Heyman and Brock. Is Heyman one of the greatest speakers in the history of the business? Yes. Can Paul cut a scripted promo and cut a promo off the top of his head and constantly sell, sell, sell? Yes. When Paul Heyman is done with a promo, are you thinking about Paul Heyman or Brock Lesnar? You're thinking of Brock Lesnar. You'll say that Paul Heyman cut a great promo, but you're thinking about Brock Lesnar because Brock is doing that thing that Hawk and Animal used to do. Just stand there and be a big, scary son of a bitch. Last night, Brian Cage
0: looked like a punk. Well, I mean, a lot here. There's a lot here. And I know we got to break, but I got to continue this conversation cuz it's a great one. And and listen, Bully, it's hard for me. Like, listen, you've been saying this for weeks and I'm been like, ah, I see where Bully's going, but I don't see it 100%. I saw it last night. And again, you talk about the great you you're bringing up Paul Heyman and Brock Lesnar. Paul Heyman and Brock Lesnar cut their promos in the ring. You know what I'm saying? You 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 see the physical presence of Brock Lesnar right behind Paul Paul Heyman you know Brock Lesnar doesn't say a word he doesn't say a word but you have Paul Heyman there and Paul Heyman not exactly the uh, definition of a, you know of, of, a, of a physical presence at all where Brock Lesnar is the definition of that but it's even in the camera angles like the camera angle last night made Taz look like this fucking badass man The way way that that camera showed Taz, the way that Taz was talking into the mic, it was like Taz was in my face. Like, listen here, LaGrecki, you son of a bitch. This is why my guy's a badass and he's going to beat the shit out of you. I'm not intimidated by Brian Cage. I'm fucking intimidated by Taz. Look at him. He's in my face. He's scaring the shit out of me. Because he's like, and I'm I'm coming at you. I'm like taking this. This was like you know, Taz last night, he's completely taken over the complete cameras. You don't even see Brian Cage. Brian, Brian Cage was like an ant on your TV screen compared to Taz. And Brian Cage, at least when he has the shirt off, you're like, holy shit, that guy's a physical guy's wearing a polo shirt last night. He didn't look like that big, huge physical presence last night. Brian like, Cage is an absolute
2: monster. He's got muscles on top of muscles. His entire body was covered last night. Not only was his entire body covered, he was wearing black, which makes you, look sl- makes you look smaller and slimmer. That's why me and Dreamer wear black. Brian Cage should never be wearing those clothing. Last night, Taz should have started that promo in the camera, and Cage should have just moved Taz out of the way. And Cage should have took over the camera. And Cage should have said, Moxley, I'm talking. Talking to you and your stupid wife at home and Vegas. And I and that's why you're home because of your wife. And blah 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 blah. I don't need him doing the talking for me right now because I'm talking to you, John Moxley. I'll see you th- I got nothing from Brian, and if you go back and you watch, it almost looks like Cage is disappointed by what's going on in that ring. Not because Moxley didn't show up, because he looked
0: like such a bit part in that segment last night. And and you know what? I went right to social media after that promo because I, I I felt it. I texted you right away. I was like, "Holy shit, boy, you're." You've been spot on this whole time because now I, I fully see it. I went to social media bully and everybody was talking about that promo. Ton of tweets about that promo. I don't know if I seen if I saw anyone actually tweet the name Brian Cage on the promo. Like everybody was talking about holy shit, what a line by Taz. My God, the fire from Taz. What an amazing promo from Taz. Nobody was mentioning Brian Cage. By the way, in two weeks, it's gonna be Brian Cage stepping in the ring. With John Moxley, not Taz. How bad do you want to see John Moxley punch Taz in the mouth? Uh, I, I can't wait. I pay to see John Moxley punch Taz in the face. There is a 1% chance that'll ever happen. It's... I know. I, I know. Andy, and here's the other thing bully like you you know and I'm not invited this year you you're going to be there Jericho must have you know forgot to put my invitation in the mail but I was at the first Jericho cruise right yeah. and my wife and I were on the on the cruise together so she saw and met every single wrestler that was on that cruise when she saw Brian Cage my wife said to me like oh my god who the hell is that guy? Like she's like, dear God, he looks like a monster. Like I, I, I do She was like, I don't think I've ever seen somebody that big. I've, I don't think I've ever seen that many muscles on one man. That was my wife meeting Brian Cage for the first time. She was in awe of Brian Cage. I, I'm sorry. In this whole build to John Moxley, I have not been in awe of Brian Cage because you reminded me of it bully because he's that guy has got muscles on top of my he may be the biggest guy he I mean shit he might be bigger than freaking Brock Lesnar
2: he is bigger than Brock Lesnar there is no he may be he is Cage is jacked to the nines man He's a fucking. He, I didn't even want to say the f bomb. Right. I, I now. I've been trying not to say the I, I, I've already got ten bucks he's, in the. In the dude, bar. he's in the gym every day. He trains like crazy. He's he's like he's like a, like a bodybuilder. He's a body guy. He's strong. He's powerful. Brian Cage is all that in a bag of chips and can do a moonsault and it, n- no command the spotlight demand the spotlight and any veteran who's worth his weight in his paycheck knows that if too much of the spotlight is on him it is his job to get the spotlight off of him and onto the guy that we're featuring onto the guy that's challenging for the championship against Moxley I have I've gotten bits and pieces of that last night I got none of that. As of right now, to me,
0: the match is Taz versus Moxley. And that's the match that people want to see. Like, I want to see... Brian Cage and John Moxley, man, on paper, Brian Cage and John Moxley should be a great match. They haven't done anything because at the end of the day, Taz is not going to be in the ring with Brian Cage. It's going to be Brian Cage and it will be a good match. I don't think that the build has gotten me excited for the match that I'm going to see in two weeks. Taz is just as good,
2: if not better, than Heyman is on the microphone. Because Taz has genuine anger. And Taz is genuinely hostile on that microphone. We're seeing the old ECW version of Taz on the microphone right now, which is great. Because when Taz is mad and angry and pissed off is when he's at his best. So he can be better than Paul is. Because Paul right now is more about hitting every line and selling, selling, selling. Taz has the freedom to say whatever he wants. Say whatever you want standing next to Brian Cage. Say whatever you want standing behind Brian Cage. Feature Brian Cage. If Brian Cage doesn't step towards the camera, push him towards the camera. Make sure that Brian Cage is story A and your story B. That's not what's happening right now. despite the fact yada, yada, yada that Taz is so great on the microphone, which he is, they're featuring the wrong person. And look at what you said. when you when you first started describing Brian Cage, you said, yeah, I see Cage. He's there. He's there. Six foot three, 295 pounds of muscle on top of muscle on top of muscle. And he's just there. The guy that's challenging for the world heavyweight championship is just there. He's like fricking garnish. He's like the kale and the radish on the steak and baked potato. And he's not even a side dish.
0: No, he's not. Night,
2: he's hey. a freaking radish.
1: This is Aussie Football Rules America with Eddie McGuire.
2: Pat McAfee. I think the AFL is going to take over America, and I think it's been a perfect time for me to discover it. I feel like a child. The dudes out there are just incredible athletes. The sport is so electric, it's so explosive, and I think it was the sport I was supposed to play.
1: Catch new episodes Thursdays at 6 p.m. Eastern on Dan Patrick Radio Channel 211, and listen at home with Amazon Alexa. Google Assistant or however you stream in
0: the house. All right, let's talk about NXT. I teased Rhea Ripley. We got a different type of match from Rhea Ripley on a big NXT show. Aaliyah and, you know, Robbie, Robert Stone and... I I, I got to be honest with you, I was a little disappointed. I was hoping Rhea Ripley was going to lose and now have to be attached to Robert Stone. I got to be honest, I was a little disappointed in the way that went last night. It would have
2: made for some really entertaining weeks to come to see uh, Rhea have to work with Stone. You know, when Izzy called in earlier, and obviously Izzy's a huge NXT fan, as many of our listeners are, uh, she talked about how NXT gave us a little bit of everything last night, including comedy. Well, the comedy came in the Rhea Ripley match. Rhea Ripley just worked with Charlotte at WrestleMania, and now Rhea Ripley is in a comedy match against Aaliyah and Stone. Should Rhea Ripley be in a position right now to be doing comedy matches, despite the fact that last night was entertaining. Mm -hmm. Should Rhea Ripley be in this position right now?
0: No. She should be in a main event and she should be challenging uh, a, a worthy contender because Rhea Ripley should be named as one of the top women in the women's division in the WWE. I wouldn't have mind seeing
2: Rhea Ripley versus Bailey last night. For no good reason. Just to have Rhea in a credible match. Don't get me wrong. First of all, Robbie E has is, has and always will be entertaining. Yes. He plays his part to a T. He's really good at it. So he made it he made it really entertaining last night. Rhea did a good job. I like the double tap out finish on the uh on the um on the double submission gimmick. I yes. like the fact that Leah was tapping Robbie E on the ass and then realized she was smacking Robbie E's ass and trying to smack his back. I thought that I thought that was funny. Um, but I'm just not quite sure a talent like Rhea Ripley belongs in this situation. Now, sometimes, Dave, things just happen and we don't have something. We don't have a natural angle, or we haven't been able to come up with something that that fits the right way. So we come up with something that will get a talent buy. And I think maybe that's what they did with Rhea in and, and this match last night. But I do agree with you. If they would have found a creative way for Rhea to lose, and now all of a sudden, she is managed
0: by Robbie E., Robert Stone? Oof. It would have been great TV, and here's the thing I'm thinking of. Because bully, you you always, and I think you do this for me and the nation. You get us thinking about things in different ways. Obviously, my first thought is, "Hey, Rhea Ripley, what is she doing in this match?" Cause I mean, like you said, she just challenged Charlotte, you know, at WrestleMania 36, and and may outside the boneyard match had the best match uh, both nights at WrestleMania. And now here she is in a comedy match. But we know in the world of the WWE that Vince McMahon looks at certain wrestlers, not about what you can just do in the ring, but can you be a character? Can you be a personality? Can you entertain me? It almost felt like this is like a tryout for the main roster. Hey, let's see what Rhea Ripley can do in this situation. Can she show some personality? Can she show some character? Can she show a sense of humor? Because, hey, we're thinking about putting her on Raw, or SmackDown. Am I thinking too much, or could that be a possibility? I think that's a great thought.
2: I, I, you That's a very... Um, that's a very smart business way to look at the Rhea Ripley situation, because if Vince was watching that match last night, and he sees Rhea able to go out there and have just as much as an entertaining match as she did a credible match against Charlotte at WrestleMania, that's what Vince wants. He... Vince doesn't care if you're the greatest wrestler. He could give a damn less. He wants the greatest entertainer. And oh, by the way, if you're a good wrestler while being the greatest entertainer, well, that's just icing on the cake.
0: Yeah. So I'm wondering if that, now that being said, like Rhea Ripley, maybe she would have been better suited in the match that opened up the show to be a number one contender to find her way back into the championship title picture. So it's interesting that she's not in that match, but she's in a you know a comedy match. But to me, like the last couple of weeks with Rhea Ripley have been fun and entertaining. Like, again, why do that? If she's not going to be in a championship title uh, situation, which she isn't right now, because she wasn't even a part of that opening contest, like why not have her lose? It could have been a, a, a million different ways she could have lose. because that would have been some entertaining TV moving forward with Robert Stone in her corner. Now, like what do you do with Robert Stone, and what do you do with Rhea Ripley? I, I was disappointed. I thought they should have went the route of having Rhea Ripley lose last night.
2: I thought they could have gave themselves some options moving forward for some entertaining television. They went in the direction they did. I was still entertained by
0: the segment. Now let's see what they do next. All right. Eight seven 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 four four eight nine three eight seven seven fight ninety-three. Let's go out to the nation. Let's go out to Jonathan in North Carolina. Jonathan, what did you think of AEW and the commentating team last night?
2: Chris Jericho commentating is like amazing. Um I thoroughly enjoy having him with Tony Shabani and uh, J.R. But my favorite part of uh, Fighter Fest last night was whenever Trent, our best friends, actually got out of the car with Trent's mom driving.
0: Yeah, which actually was a really good touch. Why? Because I got to be honest with you, Jonathan, going into that matchup, it didn't feel like a main event to me on paper. Like knowing that they were going with that as the main event was a little bit disappointing. Hey, it's a title match. It's a tag match. AEW's got a really great tag division, but it didn't feel like a main event to me like Io Shirai and Sasha Banks because I was like, you know what? There's no way best friends are going over Kenny Omega yeah that's just that's just not gonna happen and the fact exactly. that they came out of Trent's mom's car was like you know what maybe maybe this is gonna be their night it just left a little bit of doubt in my mind that brought a little extra to that match last night for me
2: me as well and I certainly do appreciate what y'all do Alright. Thank, you, All right, for thank, with the thank you
0: Jonathan. Thank you. Cuz I do admit that bully like to me it was a little bit of a letdown knowing that that was going to be the main event cuz I didn't think Hangman Page or Kenny Omega were going to drop the title to Best Friends and I love Best Friends. And that little thing where, you know, it was Trent's mom driving them to the match. Yeah. It's like, hey, you know what? Mom's there. They're showing the mom dropping them off. Like, you know, maybe, just maybe, you know, they have a, an opportunity to win this match. But on paper, it just didn't do anything for me. And I, th- you know, the whole mom dropping them off
2: thing it, on paper is very, very corny. But I believe it resonates with an AEW fan base because I think the AEW fan base might be able to relate to, you know, mom dropping them off somewhere. And I could be a wrestler too, and my mom can drop me off hopefully soon. Just like my buddies Trent and uh, and uh, and Chucky. I think it's I think it's relatable. And and you know what T- to some younger NXT fans too, I think it could be relatable. I think it was um I think it was I think it was charming to a certain to a certain sect of the fan base.
0: Does that make sense to you? No, I mean, yeah, but like, it's just it it just fits. It, it. was like, best fun. Fr- they're best was, friends. Was, like, how many times, Bully, were your best friend growing up, the you know, your mom drop you off at the park or drop you off at the baseball game. You had a big yeah, but game you're a coming up.
2: Blown man, you're a pro wrestler and you're getting dropped off to the pro wrestling match by your mom. They're the best. They're best friends. They needed but a ride. That's why I <laughs> say it's, it's got a, ch- a certain charm to it that yes. I think caters to the AEW fan base. You know, I think an AEW fan is i don't think like a traditional 50 year old uh wwe fan is is finding that entertaining but i think that's those guys spooning up exactly what the aew fan wants to feed on
0: yeah i i really enjoyed it and it was a damn good match but like again like we said earlier on the show and this is a lot what we want to ask the busted open nation as well when you talk about you know what Show, did you like more? I from beginning to end, I liked AEW more, but I thought that the EO Shirai Sasha Banks main event meant more than that match. For I just didn't see best friends beating Omega and Hangman Page. It was a good match, don't get me wrong, but. Again, even though it was... And it was a championship match because Io Shirai and Sasha Banks wasn't even a championship title match. But for full star power, I would have to give NXT the edge in the main event last night.
2: I just want to touch on this because we brushed over it. We were going to break when I asked you a question. For weeks now, we have been talking about this whole Charlotte thing, head and shoulders above the rest. I've been talking about if Sasha was granted the same opportunities and put in the same positions, she could shine just as well. I also said in the ring, Charlotte is not head and shoulders above Sasha. After Sasha's performance last night, do you see what I'm talking about?
0: I do. I I, I see a glimpse of it. I, I can't fully, I'm not fully on board bully yet, but man, man did she show me something last night? To the point, Bully, I had to go, I had to rewind it, because it's almost like a lost start in pro wrestling, and that's selling. Like, there are certain things that she did in that match, because I was watching it on the DVR, like, I I rewound and watched again. One was where Io Shirai did the moonsaw, and like, and Sasha was selling. Like, a lot of times, Bully, and we've talked about this in the past, when they're about to do a moonsaw, they're preparing for the impact. Like, they're preparing, you know they're not selling they're preparing Sasha last night did not prepare she sold and she was selling her leg and as Io Shirai was preparing to do her moonsaw, which to me didn't make a lot of sense in the story of what was being told in the ring it was a little bit of a disconnect Sasha did a great job of selling it by not only selling the story, but selling her leg. She was grabbing her leg. So she wasn't preparing to catch or preparing for the impact. She was too busy selling the leg. A lost star in pro wrestling nowadays. And boy, did it really show a lot to Sasha's game last night. I think Sasha is one of those performers who takes it personally when she's
2: not being used To her maximum potential Uh, Let's take a guy like Dolph Ziggler I know how Dolph is We know that Dolph is not used to his maximum potential But you know what? Dolph doesn't care I'm paid to do a job I'm going to do whatever I have to do I'll go out there, I'll give my best But if they're not doing anything with me Whatever, I'm just going to get over it I'm not going to let it bother me I think Sasha is one of those performers Where if she's not being utilized It bothers her And it's kind of good that it bothers you when you're not being utilized because it keeps you hungry and aggressive. I think if you see Sasha out there week after week, I don't think they're playing to Sasha's strengths right now sasha's strength is as a singles performer do i think she's doing a good job with bailey yes do i think they're telling good stories yes and in the wwe those storytellings and that character crap is more important than the actual wrestler wrestler but i think sasha is as credible in the middle of that ring as charlotte is and i think they need to play to her strength of her wrestling ability a lot more because any I, i'll go point counterpoint with Charlotte and Sasha any day of the week. You can't tell me that there's one aspect of Charlotte's game that Sasha is not just as good good at. I'm not going to say better because it's hard to say who's better at something. Can you tell me something that Charlotte
0: is definitively better than Sasha at? It's hard. Uh, it's just the sense you get by watching her in the ring. How Tell she me flows something that Charlotte is definitively better than Liv Mourin I just think I just think physically, athletically, she's you know she's a more of a physical presence and just a better athlete in the ring than like a Sasha or a Liv Morgan. My point
2: is. We, can, we have 100 points as to why Sa- Charlotte is better than Liv, but there's I don't think there's any points as to why Charlotte is better than Sasha in the ring. I think Sasha was an athlete growing up, just like Charlotte was. I think Charlotte may have played more sports, but athletically in the ring, to me, they're the same. Presentation, they're the same. Yes, Charlotte has the big fancy robes and everything like that. She cornered the market on that, just like her dad did. That's cool, but when that bell rings, in that ring when i see the 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 physicalness they their athletic movement is as crisp as men if not crisper
0: than the men we got to get back to uh charlotte and sasha at some point like it's great having Charlotte with Io Shirai and Rhea Ripley to get them to another level. It's great to have Sasha in the ring with Io Shirai last night to get to another level. It's great having her with Bailey to get Bailey back to another level and get over this character that Bailey has right now cuz I think that's finally clicking with Sasha Banks. But at some point we have to get back to Sasha being that main eventer and having those matches with Charlotte. When Charlotte comes back unless it goes to that avenue that we talked about with like a randy orton the only other avenue to go is to go down the avenue with sasha banks because she's that damn good bully and she really showed it last night to me
2: dave we're in 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 these conversations we got charlotte we got sasha we got bailey okay um Obviously, we don't have Becky right now, home pregnant. But look at what we have on the horizon. We have EO. I'm sorry, we also have Asuka. Asuka, Charlotte, Bailey, Sasha. Now we have EO. We have Bianca, who's kind of been forgot about for a while, which I have no freaking clue why. But I'm looking forward to when Bianca's back in. We have Rhea. And now we could throw any of the other girls that you want to throw in there. stature wise i don't know how 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 they they measure up to the size of those other girls i mean like tegan is the same size as sasha i get that but those girls have tremendous ability i want to see these girls really going out there and showing off their wrestling skills if i have women who can have Incredible wrestling matches like men are. The spirit of competition, good wrestling. Let it shine. And if it can't shine on the main roster, let it shine in NXT. That's why I said I would have loved to have seen Rhea versus Bailey last night. It doesn't matter if Rhea would have lost.
0: Anybody can lose on any given day. If you don't remind the people of it, it doesn't matter. Well, but you could do like what we had last night. You know that match between Sasha and Io was a non-title match. So why not have a non-title match with you know with Bailey and Rhea Ripley as well? I mean, if why not? Advertise, if you advertise Rhea Ripley versus Bailey, okay,
2: non-title, um, it, it gives you another good match for your for your for your show that you're going head to head with Fighter Fest with. Personally, I think it's a win-win. I'm sure there's a ton of extenuating circumstances as to why it didn't happen, or maybe there's not. Maybe it's just not in their cards. I'm just saying, if I have a talent like Rhea Ripley in the same building as a talent as Bailey, I'm throwing them in the ring first. The entertaining match of Rhea versus Stone and Aaliyah, it's good. Bailey versus Rhea would have been great.